You know it's bad when even at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night, I can't be 100% sure and confident that we're even at the stage where we could have a full story. But with all that said, why don't we give it a shot just the same? I'm Carlos Alcazar, and this is an Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast Extra. Normally, uh, I would be myself and my co-host Dave talking about different things in sports, and I guarantee you we're still going to record a podcast where uh, Dave's going to have his crack at throwing his two cents in on this. But there was too much going on this weekend where I couldn't go in and put something out there because by the time we get there, this story could have a couple more twists and turns. And as it is, we already had a ton of them. The truth is, I wanted to put out one of these podcasts probably about a day ago. And I was feeling a little under the weather and I wasn't feeling good. So on Friday night, I went to bed with the full intention of recording something on Saturday morning. And it's probably a good thing I didn't bother with it. Or, you know, on Friday night. It's probably a good thing I didn't bother with it because we had more twists and turns by the time we got to Saturday. And then Saturday, all hell broke loose. And we ended up with Antonio Brown going from being an Oakland Raider, quote unquote, question mark, to possibly being, you know, suspended and maybe cut by the Raiders to eventually being cut by the Raiders to being picked up by the New England Patriots. And all that within about a 24-hour period. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. I, I kind of wanted to t use this little podcast extra to talk about how we got here. And the timeline going back with Antonio Brown isn't just the last couple of days. It goes back quite a, quite a ways. And I actually will, in this podcast, include in the show notes an article written by CBSSports.com that gives the Antonio Brown timeline. And it's a good it's a good synopsis of the Antonio Brown timeline. And I took some notes on it myself. And in it's testament to the ridiculous twists and turns that this whole thing has gone where, I don't know if you can hear this, but that is the sound of a piece of paper where I ended up having to write on both sides of a sheet just to summarize the summary. That's how many things have been going on with Antonio Brown. But let's get right to it. The bottom line is that Antonio Brown is now a New England Patriots. And hopefully by the time I hit publish on this particular podcast, that'll still be true. And a testament to Antonio Brown's recent 24 hours that I can't be that confident in. But I'm going to try and we're going to see if we make it there. But this whole thing really stems back to Antonio Brown's, the end of Antonio Brown's tenure in, in Pittsburgh with the Steelers and what ended up happening with that. And I want to take you a little bit through the timeline and then we'll talk about where we are in the present. So I'll zip through some of this just to give you a little background. We can actually go back then all the way to January of 2017, which feels like 100 years ago at this point. But that was when Antonio Brown went on Facebook Live in the locker room following a playoff game with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was where he was uh, doing his whole Facebook Live thing while you could hear Mike Tomlin in the background having an impassioned speech to his team. That was the first of like, well, it wasn't the first, but it was a major transgression that was kind of a big deal for them. And it kind of set the course for things not really necessarily being great down the road. Not always a good start when you're uh, when you're already alienating members of your team. And up until that point, we didn't really understand in any tangible way how many things have been going on with Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown's entire uh, you know tenure in Pittsburgh, while he had always been a diva wide receiver, we didn't really know what was going on with him. And that was you know that was at the end of, the beginning of 2017, basically the end of that season. And we wouldn't necessarily hear anything else about it. There was definitely a fine re related to that whole business. But it was hard to see what was going to happen at that stage and where it was going to lead to in the slow decline in the, uh, in the relationship between Antonio Brown and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I use the word slow in quotation marks because by normal standards, it was pretty fast. Fast forward a little over a year, a year, almost two, to December 2018. And you're talking about not being eliminated from playoff contention, still vying for the AFC North crown heading into a game against the New York, New Orleans saints. 
So they had just beaten the Patriots and they felt good about it. And what you ended up having was a great performance by Antonio Brown, but Antonio Brown had a heated argument with Ben Roethlisberger. It escalated, you know, Antonio Brown threw a football, which is a story that's going to come up a little later. And then he opted to skip the remaining practices leading into a week 17 game against the Cincinnati Bengals. So this is in December of 2018. Now we've moved past a little over almost two years moving forward. So the Antonio Brown thing has been going on for a while at this point, but he's still a Pittsburgh Steeler. So Antonio Brown ended up being benched for that game, and the official team stance was that it was injury related, but the reality was that was basically the end of the Antonio Brown tenure in uh, Pittsburgh. And it led to basically what came to in February and March and the movement with the Le'Veon Bell thing happening. It was basically to heading towards the end of the time with Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown basically stated that he wanted he wanted out. He wanted to move on. He wanted to go somewhere else. And there was still that last-ditch effort where Antonio Brown, of course, being that everything right now relates to social media with him, he took a picture with the with the ownership team that came over to talk to him when they were trying to mend the fence and trying to maintain. Because at the time, you have to remember, at the end, the year, beginning of 2019, he's still under contract for three more years. And he had come off, off of a nearly 1,300-yard season. So Pittsburgh had every incentive to want to keep him, especially with Le'Veon Bell uh, leaving the team and moving on in his, in his path towards being a Jet. You didn't want to lose necessarily all, another offensive weapon at that time. So by March, we're moving on to that point. And this is where Antonio Brown starts to kind of go off the rails a little bit with Pittsburgh. It's where he has that um, interview with ESPN where he says, well, I don't even have to pay football if I don't want. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. If they want to play, they're going to play by my rules. If not, I don't need to play. Obviously, I want the game, but I don't need the game. It's a difference. So that's a quote from Antonio Brown from that interview. And I remember watching it and thinking, this was right around, I don't know if it was during this interview, but it was right around the time where he went with that blonde mustache thing. And it was like, this dude is weird. This dude is uh, operating maybe not necessarily with a full deck of cards, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. So by March of 2019, he does that interview, and then the Raiders end up sending a third and fifth round draft pick to Brown uh, for Antonio Brown to Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh is on the hook for almost $21 million in dead cap money. At this point, clearly, Pittsburgh is basically sending the message, you know what? We're just sick of this guy. We're done with him. If he's going to keep causing trouble and problems for us, we're going to go addition by subtraction here. We'll take whatever you got. Oakland, go ahead, give us a third and a fifth rounder, and you can have the guy. At this point, Oakland themselves, thinking they basically got the steal of the century, they go in and they acquiesce to one of Brown's demands that now he wants guaranteed money. All right, fine. You got out of Pittsburgh. Now you're in Oakland, and you want some guaranteed money. Well, Antonio Brown got it. They gave him they gave him an extension, and they built him up where he's going to get 30, 30, about $30 million in guaranteed money. Sounds great. Sounds good. The honeymoon in Oakland has begun. This is March 2019, and Antonio Brown is a happy camper. By May of 2019 now, we're starting to have the issue with the helmet. If, uh, if you haven't really caught, kept up with the story, the NFL was starting to had grandfathered out some helmets that had been worn previously. Uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and other players had also been un, put under this. The old helmet wasn't deemed to be safe enough. So now the NFL was moving in the era of player safety. I'm going to put that in quotation marks. A, that's another conversation for another day. But anyway, the NFL, presumably to protect the players, had moved on to approving certain types of helmets that they could use. If you were using a previous helmet, you had a little bit of a leeway in order to do it, but you did have a long warning period. And you knew that at some point you were going to have to switch over to the new style helmets. Everybody else switched out to the new style helmets, except for Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown decided that that rule, while good enough for Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and others, was not good enough for Antonio Brown. So he wanted to argue about this. 
He even tried to get one over on everybody and paint, repaint one of his old Steeler helmets to look like an Oakland Raiders helmet. And everybody noticed, and it didn't work. It ended up in resulting in, long story short, not one, but two grievances with the league. He lost both, and he still had to wear his the new helmet. But this is by May. By May, we're already having these ridiculous little sideline issues. Then we get to late July and early August. So things are moving along pretty quickly here. But at this point, Antonio Brown has frostbite on his feet from a cryotherapy treatment where he didn't wear the proper footwear. And this is something we talked about during the podcast as well. Ridiculous, hilarious, but at the same time, doesn't bode well for the Oakland Raiders, given that the man isn't even, we're not even through training camp. We're not even into preseason games. And things are happening to conspire to him not getting on the field, not being at practices. All kinds of things are happening with this. It's ridiculous. At this point, there was a report for a little while that Brown had threatened to never play football again if he wasn't allowed to wear his old helmet. So again, the helmet thing is just kind of hanging in there. And the Raiders are being incredibly patient with the helmet thing, despite how stupid it is and the fact that no one else thinks it's a good idea and everybody else thinks that it's a waste of time to argue this particular battle. I really do subscribe to the theory that you do really have to pick the hills you're going to die on. But... We'll see once we get to the later part of the story here as we move on if maybe there was a method to the madness, but I'll talk about that in a minute. We get to early September. We're almost to the present day right now. He argues with my with general manager Mayark, which results in basically all his actions have resulted in a fine. The Oakland Raiders fined him, I think right around $54,000, give or take. And obviously he wasn't happy with this, and he posted a letter about the fine on social media. Again, social media and Antonio Brown seem to be synonymous here. It's always a social media thing. Mike Mayock disagreed with this, and they ended up getting into an argument here uh, basically in the last couple of days. And the result of that argument was that he got kind of kicked out of the facility. And it's at this point where the story takes a completely different turn. At this stage, this is right about the spot where I was going to record that Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast Extra, because I was going to comment on this saying, basically arguing, that the Oakland Raiders should cut bait from this guy. Even though he had a $30 million guarantee in his contract, they were at a stage where he had already acted in conduct detrimental to the team. The clause could kick in, and they could basically pull it out without having to pay him any of the guaranteed money and get him out of there. I was, I was of the opinion that they needed to cut bait and move away from Antonio Brown as fast as they possibly could and move that hot potato onto somebody else, let somebody else deal with it. They didn't end up doing that, which, which is another area where I was going to, again, argue... So after he had uh, gotten into the argument with the general manager, threatened to punch him, gotten kicked out basically of the area, they were considering suspending him, but then all of a sudden there was an about face. It looked like things had turned. Antonio Brown had a heartfelt apology. And again, this is now we're in September. This is all happening within like days and hours, and these things are changing constantly and quickly. So he had a heartfelt apology, and the Raiders announced that he would play in game one this Monday. I'm recording this on a Saturday night. In theory, he would have been playing in about 48 hours from the time I'm recording this. He was going to be playing in game one, but there was more to the story. And the, I, like I said, I was going to get on and record a podcast where I was going to rail against the Oakland Raiders for being so stupid and weak-willed and weak-minded to actually try and get this guy in uniform when you were, you were in a position to get out of all that guaranteed money. So I was going to yell and rail about this. Fortunately, I wasn't feeling well, so I went to bed ready to unleash a rant on Saturday morning about this. But then more things happened. Then Antonio Brown apparently got upset that he was again fined because of all the additional things, including the attempted altercation with the general manager, and then demanded again via social media because of course he did. Social media again. He demanded via social media that they release him. And Oakland Raiders, 
the skies and heavens, you know, parted and, you know, the angel choir went off and the Oakland Raiders finally said, enough, no mas. Finally, they released him. But again, the story right there, you've got another story that you can talk about and already a lot of craziness. And this is what makes me laugh about this one, because by this point, I got up. I'd slept in a little bit on Saturday. Like I said, I wasn't feeling well. I got up on Saturday, you know, late, late morning, early afternoon, had some brunch, and then I was going to sit down and look at a couple of the latest things and start putting together this, basically this audio that you're hearing. I was going to put together one of these. And then more things were happening. So I get a bunch of text messages and my phone blows up. And all of a sudden, not only was Antonio Brown released, which I didn't know when I got up in the morning, but then I learned very quickly. But then within hours, by the early afternoon, he has signed with the New England Patriots on a one-year contract where about nine or 10 million would be guaranteed and he could earn as much as $15 million. Now think about everything I just said, all these things. The last move the Raiders made was to find him another 200,000, so almost 250,000 between the two. And I think what precipitated the final straw for Antonio Brown was that in doing so, they were going to void the $30 million, basically, that he was guaranteed in the contract, which is basically what led him to not need to stick around with the Raiders anymore and ask them to release him. Now, with the, with the Patriots thing thrown in there, now it gets a little more interesting because now you can break yourself down into a couple of camps. One camp, and I want to talk about all these possibilities because they're all interesting in their own way. So camp number one, Antonio Brown is flat out crazy. He's batshit crazy. He's out of his mind. And this is just going to be another quick stop on the way as he shovels himself right out of the league. That's highly possible that he has demonstrated certain tendencies. He got himself kicked out of Pittsburgh, which is a good situation for the most part. He may not have been happy with some elements of it, but they had a lot of success. And he had a perennial contender team, and he got himself booted out of that. He went from that to almost being traded to Buffalo, ixnayed that because he basically refused to go, and then got traded to Oakland which again was not going to be, I don't think Oakland was going to be a good team with or without him. I don't think it was going to make any difference. And Derek Carr is not Ben Roethlisberger, no matter how you want to sell it. And John Gruden, no one knows if he's anything resembling a good head coach at this point, if he ever was. That's a different debate for another day. But that franchise wasn't going to go anywhere fast with or without Antonio Brown. So that would not have mattered. But with all that said, possibility number one, the man's just out of his damn mind. In which case, well, New England has certain things built into it. The truth is, though, my issue with New England taking him is not that they're taking him. They're known for taking flyers on certain players. They got Chad Ojosenko and they gave it a shot. Didn't work, but they tried it. They tried it with uh, Randy Moss. It worked pretty well for a period of time, and he did have a record-breaking season. So that's the kind of the high watermark, the ceiling of the possibility that people are thinking about as pertains to this possibility. If Antonio Brown can behave himself, You know, under that system, with Bill Belichick, with Tom Brady, with all the leaders they have in that locker room and how strong the structure is in New England, then they go from being a potential Super Bowl favorite, which they were anyway, to a prohibitive Super Bowl favorite with just another offensive weapon to add to what they already had. Wide receiver was not really an area of strength for them, but it would suddenly become an area of strength getting a top-tier wide receiver to go with Tom Brady and to go with what potentially could be a better running game and a lot of other components that the Patriots already had in their favor. And being that the AFC is kind of wide open still, they would be right up there with the with the top teams in the conference and a likely Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl visit in the offing with that kind of a lineup. With all that said, that's if he behaves himself. Possibility number one, he's crazy and he gets himself booted out somehow. The question is, if in getting the process of getting booted out, he causes a disruption to New England, which diverts them from their path that could potentially take them to the Super Bowl. If possibility number one comes to pass, it's almost impossible to predict what the 
fallout would be from that. It's nearly impossible to figure out what that would be. Now, if you don't subscribe to possibility number one, then you're kind of thinking towards possibility number two. One of the theories that's out there is that after all this, Antonio Brown basically wanted to be in New England in the first place. So he decided to go with the crazy like a fox idea. Get himself out of Pittsburgh because he wanted out of Pittsburgh. Do every crazy ridiculous thing he could to get it booted out of there. Pittsburgh would not trade him to New England at any point ever, especially if they have to take a $21 million cap hit. There was no possible way they would even consider it. There's nothing New England could offer that they would probably consider taking to allow him to go to that team. So you have to find a roundabout way of doing it. It's very similar to what happened with, not not with the same kind of behavior, but it's similar concept-wise with what happened when Brett Favre was done with the, with the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers were never going to trade him to a division rival. There was no way. So in the end, they traded him to the New York Jets. He had a season with the Jets. It started off okay, but didn't end up the way he would have wanted. But when he came back for one more season, he came back with the Minnesota Vikings. Right in the back in the division. But he had to do it in a roundabout way. Well, if you subscribe to the crazy like a fox theory, then you're basically saying that Antonio Brown skipped ahead. But then, again, if you're going to do that, why the hell are you restructuring your contract, trying to set it up with all this guaranteed money? And you basically throw away $30 million guaranteed. You can try to do a grievance with it, but you're probably not. Any reasonable person is going to look at the sequence of events and say, you did everything in your power to void this contract yourself. You acted to void it as much as anybody else because if you had just gone in and done your job, the Oakland Raiders were perfectly willing to pay you. They had already established that. And they were willing to look past a lot of things that a lot of franchises were not willing to look past or would not consider looking past. And with all my lists of things that I outlined in that sh- in that couple of years uh, leading out of Pittsburgh and then in the brief run in Oakland, I even forgot to mention one that happened overnight as well. After the heartfelt apology in Oakland, which again, if you're going with the crazy like a fox thing, then why even bother with the heartfelt apology? He was on his way about to get cut anyway. So I, the whole sequence, I get it. But if you want to go with the crazy like a fox theory, it feels like he did a lot of extra steps that weren't necessary because he was already kind of tracking his way out of there. One thing I forgot to mention was that he also uh, posted on YouTube about a two-minute conversation that supposedly was with John Gruden, which may or may not be legal is, uh, is a thing in California. Apparently, John Gruden was amused by it, but at the same time, like it's not a good look, and it's something that's quasi-illegal. And just another thing, but, which is why I'm saying that if you go with the crazy like a fox theory, I don't get that, only because if so, then you're overplaying the hand. You're like doing a little too, too much extra. I think prior to the quote-unquote heartfelt apology, Antonio Brown was already tracking his way out of Oakland anyway, so he could have just stopped there and maybe done one more thing and just got himself booted out prior without even having to go through that effort. I don't know if the plan was to try to get some of the guaranteed money on top of it, but I don't think that was ever in the cards. And anyway, the sequence, if you wanted to get some of that guaranteed money, all you had to do was set foot on the field on Monday. Get there on Monday, you get the $14.5 million, and then you can still get yourself cut. And then he could have still ended up in New England by week two. So again, I'm not sh- if this is a master plan, okay, fine, but it's a suboptimal master plan. As far as uh, New New England is concerned, I get it. You're taking a gamble. You're going for it. You are offering them some guaranteed money though as well, which I don't I don't really agree with. I think it's kind of dumb. Why offer him any guaranteed money at all? The idea that, well, New England, you know, New England, unlike Oakland and unlike Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has dead cap money in New England, uh, sorry, in Oakland, has two draft picks they lost, even though they weren't high draft picks, they were still draft picks. So they both had to pay a price to deal with the Antonio Brown experience. New England, by contrast, for them, at worst case, it could just be some money. 
But again, I don't see why, even on a one-year deal, honestly, I would have given him no guaranteed money. I don't understand why you even bother with it because at this point, Antonio Brown is not is a beggar that can't be a chooser. That's just my stance on that. I don't see how this could turn out well. Of course, everything could completely go the opposite way. He could just suddenly decide to be a solid citizen in New England and decide to go and run his way to a Super Bowl trophy, a Super Bowl championship and a Super Bowl ring. Fine. If that works out for him, then so be it, and then he cashes in next season. If that's the case, fine. Antonio Brown is a pretty smart guy. But even if that's true, he still could have made even more money and still gotten that same result. So what I'm saying is, if you're crazy like a fox, Antonio Brown, best I can do is give you like a B- minus because you could have actually executed this plan and gotten some more money and still gotten and still gotten to New England just the same. Now, if he's just flat out crazy, well, then this will be a really entertaining and possibly short ride in New England. I don't know if that'll affect New England at all, but I'd be genuinely curious to see what that would end up looking like on the other side of it. So that's really my thought and my takes. If you have any thoughts as well, we'd love to hear it. This will probably be on the podcast feed as well as on the YouTube channel. So it's Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. That's the usual podcast I do with my co-host Dave. You're able to check it out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on the YouTube channel, which you can find Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. You type it in, you'll find it there as well. Subscribe if you want to check it out that way. It'll be a static image of our faces in cartoon form to go along with our podcast. And we'll definitely be talking more about this because this is pretty much the the kind of content that you can hope for from the NFL in the early part of the season. Plus, we're one game in. My Packers actually won a game. Was I impressed? Spoiler, no, but a win is a win, so I'll take it from that perspective. More thoughts on that during the actual podcast. With all that said, thanks very much for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast.